0: That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.
1: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need, start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Ben this Market Prep Israel. Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Oh, busy day today. On top of the continued developments with the spread of the coronavirus, we also have a Fed meeting today. We also have earnings from Apple and AMD and mastercard and at&t and ge uh, just a lot of earnings to discuss uh, on, on our radar here so on top of that a couple uh ceo shakeups this morning moving markets beyond meat is leaving tim hortons that's uh, some big news for them and uh our guest today will break down that apple report mike olson managing director at piper sandler he will join us at 835 to give us his thoughts on the good I guess the good and the good from the Apple report because it was mostly all good. So that'll be at 8:35. You can always give us a call if you want. Leave us a voicemail: 734-494-0246. Ask us a question. We will ask your question on or answer your question, I guess, on our show. Uh, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Hell of a lineup
3: you got there, Spencer. A lot going Way on to today. Way to go, man! What hell of a producer here. I'm upgrading Spencer uh, to a strong buy here. Uh, S&P futures trading up 12 sticks thanks to Apple and few other components in the green. Pre-market high, 91.75. Can we get back over 3,300? That's just a metal target. Uh, daily daily levels are much higher than that all-time high at 33.37.50. Crude in the green by 23 cents at 53.71. Let's call gold flat at uh, 15.70. Silver back uh, under 17.50 at 17.46 and a half. Bitcoin rally continues moving towards 10,000 up 235 dollars at 9,410. So Bitcoin on the move uh, Defensive. Yeah, defensive play.
4: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're worried about a lot of things like a coronavirus, maybe you keep your money in Bitcoin. At least that's what investors are saying as they push that up. I don't have any of my money in Bitcoin, but I think that's, you know, I think the coronavirus is probably the catalyst here to drive this up.
3: All right, so a lot of things to cover here. So We're going to get
4: into the earnings very quickly here because this is huge earnings day. But I want to take five minutes again to talk about the coronavirus because you saw a significant rally yesterday, which I had hoped would happen. And I took that opportunity to lighten up some of my portfolio yesterday. I'm also taking this opportunity today to buy puts on some of my portfolio as well. I'm nervous about it, but I was pricing it out And for 1% to 2%, you can get three to four weeks protection. In two to three weeks, we're going to know a hell of a lot more about this virus, whether it's going to be contained or not. Because if it's not contained in three weeks, it's probably not going to get contained. And it's going to be a mess. If they contain it, you're going to lose that 1% to 2% protection. But depending on your vehicle, I was just pricing it out, protection is not that expensive here right now if you're only going out a few weeks. So probably cheaper after the Apple reports than, uh, last night too. Because wow. I obviously had a lot of earnings reports last night as well. So I just—do uh, you have that chart from from uh, that was uh, been tweeting around there last night? I saw that uh, Chris Irons had tweeted out, but from Bianca Bianca Research. Do you have that, Spencer? Can you show yeah. that?
2: I do have it up here. I guess I can pull it up. It's just
4: a simple progression analysis. And all we're doing is looking at It's
2: one guy's model. So I I wouldn't put that much weight into one guy's model. It's Jim Bianco, though, right? This is a basic progression.
4: But he's not blowing numbers away here. This is a basic progression analysis. So this is assuming that the virus does not get contained. In all likelihood, folks, it's going to get contained. So these numbers hopefully will not happen. If they do not contain this virus, these numbers are probably very close to being where we're going to go. Um, it's been pretty accurate so far because I saw progression analysis a week ago, and they've almost been spot on. It's just assuming the infection rate of 2 to 2.5 and assuming a 53% geometric progression per day. Take it up and buy, uh, let's just look at the dates and bring up the calendar, and you can look at these numbers. I'm just giving, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't want any guys going and saying, rah, rah, Dennis is calling for the end of the world. I'm just saying if they don't get the virus contained soon, we could be potentially looking at something like this, which is scary. So they need to get it contained soon. By Monday, so okay, well, by Saturday, we would be looking around 37,000 infections. But what's scary is if you go all the way to Monday, we're looking at 88,000 people. So from 6 to 88,000 in five days. By the following week, one week later, you're looking at 1.7 million. And then it just gets silly. I mean, it gets all the way up to on the 21st, 183 million would be people would be infected. This assumes that the virus does not get contained. Any type of containment will bring these numbers down. So in hope, and we're obviously hoping that they're doing their job and they are going to get this virus contained. But what I'm saying is, you know, if they don't get it contained as well as they should, or if they don't get it contained at all, this is a scary situation. So that's why. For the first time in a long time, I'm actually buying protection on my portfolio. That's all. My long-term investments, I'm buying some short-term protection. If I'm wrong, I'm going to lose 1% to 2%. If I'm right, I'm going to protect you know, the majority of my wealth. So that's it. That's all I want to say about it. Um, so, And I'm not going rah-rah that this is happening. I'm not betting. I'm not shorting stocks. I'm nope. just simply worried that, they don't have it in control. And also, this is assuming that the numbers that China are telling us are correct. We don't know if they're lowballing it. You know, there's been speculation that they are lowballing it. So it's scary, but we can still get this contained. Hopefully, well, we got SARS contained right around the six, 7,000 number. Hopefully, we can get this disease contained. But I'm not 100% sure of that. And I'm actually, you know, you can tell from the last three shows, I'm quite worried that they're not going to get it contained. And that's why I'm buying some protection in my portfolio. That's uh, all.
3: Just from a tactical standpoint here, because we all know how tough options are, right? In timing, right? You got to have your timing right. And so you're using a time frame here. What do you think about some of these bearish ETFs?
4: Like buying those right now? Yeah. The problem is if you're wrong, you lose a lot more than one to 2%. So, you know, if, if this does get contained, the market could really rip. I mean, those Apple earnings were real good, and we're going to get to that. You know, there's some good stuff going on in this mar- with this market right now. We do have a Fed day. There's a lot of other balls to juggle. Okay. But I think it's all about the virus. I think if the virus gets contained like we hope it should, and I really hope it, it, it does, I think we're at new all-time highs in a week and a half. I think if they don't contain it, I think we – like by, if they don't contain it within 10 days – Like, get it solidly contained in this regression or this progression analysis is, you know, obviously not being followed. But if we have, you know, just imagine the scenario where we have in looking here at February 10th, which is 12 days from now, 13 days from now, where 1.7 million people infected, there's going to be some worries. The the, the market's going to be substantially lower if those numbers come to fruition. You know, by February 21st, 183 million people infected. This does nobody even worrying about the markets. The people are going to be worrying about their lives. So that's why this is, you know, um, um, that's why I'm buying protection, just in case they don't get this thing contained. And,
3: and, and just, uh, just really, a really broad point, we can move on after this. This is just what we do on the show every day, folks. This is scenario analysis. We take the factors that the markets are giving us, We look at it and we give our opinion. And that's why you guys tune in. This is scenario analysis. This is not not saying this is going to happen. Then it's not going to happen. It's just from his experience in the markets, his trading, his portfolio.
4: It's not impossible that this happens.
3: It's it's scenario analysis and it's going into, you know, he's, you know, he knows how much he can lose, right? Whatever you buy the put premium, you know, there's a risk reward ratio. I mean, you'd want nothing more than the market to rip higher and you lose money on these puts. You know, it's not, uh, we're not looking at it. From-
4: I want that to happen.
3: Exactly. You. Want I
4: want to lose that one to 2% because I don't want to be in a scenario where we're worrying, you know, and people aren't oh, going yeah. outside. I mean, it, it's scary over there in China right now. And I hope this doesn't come to here and it's been good news that we really haven't had an increase in infections over here. I'm not a hundred percent confident that's not the case. And I just think with the market, the way it's reacting right now, um, It's not concerned about it at all. I mean, how, you know, you're 1% from all time highs. You're never going to get a chance to sell at a better price. If you're really worried about a serious contagion happening, holy cow, man, you don't even have to, you're not selling even in the hole. I mean, we're up here again this morning. It's such, if you're really worried about it, it's a huge gift right now. And I'm taking that gift because I am worried about it. That's all. But i so I'm not buying on the dip. And I am, I sold some stocks in the rip, but mostly I'm just going to hedge myself a little bit. That's all. If I lose, I'm going to lose one to two percent and yep. the world's going to go on. Everybody's going to be fine. Either way, the world's going to go on, even if this went around the whole world. Not everybody is dying from it and they will figure it out. So it's not like this is an end of the world scenario. But just imagine, you know, if you had millions of deaths, what that does to your GDP, what that does to, you know, your numbers. I mean, it's, it's, it it's, to reasonably,
3: China. I mean, it's
4: reasonable to think that the market will take a hit. So I don't think we're coming, you know, I don't think it's the end of days, walking dead type stuff. It's nothing like that. But we're giving you analysis here that I think the markets could get slammed on this if the numbers continue to climb. And I think that's next week. I don't think it's going to happen today to more if the markets get slammed. Because even you look at this progression analysis, you know, people aren't going to get scared 10,000. Well, it's not that scary. So you're going to 100,000, 200,000, you can just look at this timeline um, and it can kind of give you a feeling, you know, when the market's probably going to get scared is the middle of next week when it starts getting over a hundred thousand. So whether that happens, you know, we hope it doesn't, we hope it gets contained. And we hope these numbers aren't going to go that high. Okay.
2: That's all. And, and then the one thing I guess we should have mentioned yesterday is that the Chinese markets weren't even open. They're open now, which, which gives us more clarity into how they're reacting, but we didn't really have that primary measuring stick to go off of when they were closed for the, the for the new year. So the fact that they're open now is, is at least a l- little bit helpful and we're, i
4: want to get to that in a second because it's a good point you're making there too just one more point i keep seeing this in my timeline whenever i say anything about this virus they say 700 flu kills 700,000 people a year 100 million people get infected by the yeah. flu you've got to do the math the, we did the math on the show the flu kills 0.14 percent of people this is killing two to three percent so in other words it's 20 times more deadly than the flu so you cannot compare apples to apples. This is not a normal flu virus. Maybe they come with a vaccine and we don't have to worry about any of that. But even the vaccine, they're, they're, they're starting to get on top of it. They said they're going to test in animals and it could be ready for humans in two to three months. Well, in two to three months, a vaccine is going to be, you know, not very helpful if they don't get this thing contained. They need to get this thing contained and they need
2: to get it contained now. And I hope they do. All right. That's will, all. So. If, if they don't, I will see you at your cottage in Canada. No, nah, yeah, he's got only room for me. Damn. <laughs> Damn. All right.
4: People uh, are arguing with me, and it's one one. not true. Do, go do the math. It's 0.14% in the U.S. last year. We already did the math. Okay. So I'm that's not going to keep arguing. This is more deadly than the flu. I'm not going to argue with it's people. All right. Uh, a mo-
2: moving on China. to China. You Apple.
4: were saying about China, oh, reopening for the first time last night.
2: Yeah. Uh, down, what, I think the last I saw was 2, 2.5%. Two
4: and here's your consideration. You come and you look at your ETFs. Well, why are they up? Because we were anticipating that it was going to be down more. We were trading on China ETFs with not all the Chinese markets right. open. In- FX- I and mean, we have BABA open. We have some of the stocks, but we don't have all the stocks. So we didn't open down as much as, you know, the U.S. investors or investors who were trading the FXI and obviously the other China ETFs that were still actively trading over here didn't open down as much. And that's good news too. So lots of good news. But now we're going to go 45 minutes of good news, guys. I gave you the scenario analysis. I'm hedging myself because I'm worried about it. We're going into good news now. Apple earnings were great. China didn't open down as much as expected. Lots of good news, which is the reason I'm not selling out my portfolio, but I'm hedging myself.
2: There you go. Yeah, there was, there's was almost nothing bad in the Apple report. The the EPS, Tim Cook called it a, a blockbuster quarter, which it, it was by every measure. Yeah, uh, Earnings per share, $4.99 versus a $4.55 estimate. Nice beat there. Revenue, ninety-one point eight versus $88.5 billion. So nice beat there as well. iPhone revenue, higher. Service revenue was a little bit light, but everything else was higher. Other products uh, revenue that includes the wearables, higher. Uh, Q2 revenue guidance. Uh, they gave a pretty wide range. That's because of the coronavirus, and they just don't know how it will impact the business this quarter. So they gave a range of 63 to $67 billion of revenue for the current quarter, which was still higher than the estimate. So it's still good news there. Margin guidance was, was good. I mean, it was all good.
4: Very good numbers for Apple. Um, I, I do think there's going to be an impact in the next quarter numbers. Like you just see everything like not, going, not operating as much as it was in China. And you think, how does it not impact some of these companies? Um, new all-time highs. I still own Apple in my long-term portfolio. Don't worry. I did not sell my Apple out. Um, 323.65, trading up six points here this morning. It's a little bit off the after hours highs. Yeah, yeah. I'm like it, sure in stocks, making new all-time highs. Nope,
3: so. nope, but uh... – me and my candlestick patterns here. That was a wick there, uh, right on the headline number. Uh, so we got up to uh, 327.90, that's four bucks away, but man, it's just been a real, real quiet consolidation here, uh, considering you know the price of the stock. We've been in a trading range here, so I'll just give you this uh, early trading range. Uh, we've been holding, let's call it 322.5 to 324. 22 and a half, 24. That's your, that's your trading range. And we've been in that for over an hour. So above three twenty-four, I would look for that, uh, that, you know, progress towards that pre-market high Uh, coming back on the downside. You know, if you're trying to, you still want to buy this off the open 22 and a half looks like uh, the area of support, a lot of volume trading here, but uh, bulls and bears are just coming together here. Let's just, consolidation you like to see this at uh, 324 so there's my calls in apple
2: and we'll let uh we'll save some of the analysis for our guest at Mike Olson at 835. 35 so we'll, we'll 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 come back to apple later in the show perfect let's go uh, Boeing. yeah okay let's go Boeing here uh this was this was an interesting report uh i i don't know where expectations were whether they were uh and the gutter yeah, expectations were low, and there's no way the numbers can compare to the estimate. Uh, so all we have to go off of really is just two two or three figures here. Uh, bonus Q4 EPS, uh, well, they lost $2.33 per share, which, uh, again, there's no way to compare that with any sort of estimate. Sales... And we know why they lost, because right. the max not in the air. Uh, sales, they had 179 Billion dollars in sales last quarter that was lower than the $21.5 billion estimate. They said, uh, costs related to these 737 MAX will uh grow to around 18.6 billion dollars, which is uh roughly twice as much as what they had said originally it would cost uh to get this thing back in the year.
4: We we knew, and you know, this is shows you how. Absolutely insane! Some of the news algos are—they slammed it on this. And when they were slamming it, I actually was sidetracked. And I was like, "I need to buy that Boeing." I said it to myself, I'm like, down six or seven. I'm like, "There's no way." Um, I don't care how bad the numbers. We knew the numbers were going to be bad. So, news algo is absolutely destroyed on this. Whoever's running it, because you knew the numbers were going to be a disaster. You knew the market was trading higher, and there's not a lot of fear out there right now. Overall sentiment and. Um, so I think everything was baked in. So I didn't care how bad the numbers were going to be. Everybody knew the numbers were going to be bad. So I am zero surprised that this turned around and ripped, uh, ripped up afterwards. Again, I was doing other things. I was trading a whole bunch of other stocks. I didn't get back to it in time. It was literally down there. It shows it, it shows it went down there twice. I don't think that's right though. It was down there for like less than a minute, less than a minute. And then they ripped it higher. So initial news algo that hits it on the numbers. Oh, it's a huge miss. You got to sell Boeing didn't and didn't you know consider the fact that we knew it was going to be a huge miss they don't have the their major revenue source coming into those numbers so once the plane gets back in the air everything changes here again um so you know i'm not surprised boeing's rallying on this
3: pull up the daily spencer on here because uh i mean it's not you know once again you have a 300 dollars stock so like the ranges are a little bit different but to me when I look just above 330 here, and I'm going back to uh, the middle of January, you're at one, two, three, four, five highs in a row. Let's just call the medium of those highs 3430. That's my target in this one. I mean, I think that's a major level of resistance here. Even if you want to go up to 335, I think if you're looking like, okay, they're past the report, they're past the max, the low is in for the move then you're going to press above this 334.50 area. You're going to close over there, and you're going to make a move at 340. If, in fact, the longer I think it takes to get up to that area, I think the more you're going to roll over a little bit. There's a lot of people that stayed out of the Boeing mess, right? They say, "I'm I'm not going to buy Boeing until it breaches 320, and they bought it all the way down here. They're sitting on short-term profits, so man, that was that just looks like major resistance to me. Really, nothing even in the uh, uh, the book here, to, or in the um, uh, on the daily charts. That first area, if you want to get real close, there is a double top at three thirty-three. So there's some targets on BA. I have no idea where to buy this on the downside, on a pullback. Absolutely no idea. Unchanged, maybe, and I don't think we're going to see that today.
2: Let's go to the chips here. A couple of semiconductor yep. yesterday. AMD and Xilinx. We'll start with AMD. Uh, their report first. Uh, the earnings were fine. Guidance was a smidge light. So the Q4 EPS, 32 cents per share, beat by a penny. Sales also beat 2.13 versus $2.11 billion. What they are keying in on, though, is the guidance. Uh, AMD gave some Q1 sales guidance. That was. A little bit light. $1.8 billion was their guidance for the current quarter sales. Uh, and $1.86 billion was the estimate there. So a light on that number. As far as Xilinx, it was an EPS beat, a sales miss, and uh, also light Q4, much lighter Q4 guidance than AMD.
4: Stock is just loved. I mean, if you think the world isn't ending, this is probably a buy-the-dip opportunity in AMD. I'm definitely not selling AMD down here. It's had a hell of a run. It could go down to forty-five and would still be in an uptrend, so it's hard to just say that this is going to be the low. I would say the first low is at forty-seven ninety low from two days ago that it needs to hold. But I am not selling AMD down four and a half percent because the stock is loved. I would not be surprised if if the coronavirus doesn't play out, you know, and obviously gets contained. I think the stock makes new all-time highs in a month.
3: Uh, pre-market low right there, Dennis, 47.66, just sneaky buyer in here between 47.60 and 48. So someone is supporting the stock there. If they could take it down through that 47.60, things do open up on the downside here and you oh, have to go back a ways here. Oh my gosh, we haven't been under 48 bucks. I'm looking at the daily here. Holy macro! uh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, man. In two no, days? No, 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 I'm looking. No. Oh, we had 48.47 low. Man, there's another low at 47.54. I'll use um, – it just seems like a lot of support in here. Yeah, 47s oh,
4: do have a lot of
3: support. 47.5 to. If you lose And that, the
4: stock's loved.
3: Yeah. 46.63. There's your buck drop. If uh, people really come in to take profits in this one, the yearly low is 46.63.
4: Continuing I mean, uh, on the merry parade Xyleninks. of earnings. Yeah. Well, let's do
3: Zylan real yeah. quick. XLNX. And folks, if we don't get all your tickers in the chat, we're not ignoring you. It's just, we've got a lot going on. We're trying to cover as much as possible. Uh, panic low in Zylan Inks. Uh, comes in at uh, 87.69. And then you just had a steady buyer in here. Uh, just real quiet, scooping up stocks. So let's see if they can protect that pre-market low. Uh, minor resistance at 91.50. That's been the rebound high. So we'll, uh, that's uh, that's your levels here for XLNX.
4: The stock's been out of favor though. It's, it's interesting because you have a lot of the chips that have just been rocking and rolling. And this one is not one of them. It topped out in April of last year at 141. And it's been in a downtrend ever since. You know, we're always like friends. That's their trends. That's why I'm like, amd still an uptrend probably buying the dip this has been in a significant downtrend so it's not as easily to say that this is going to bounce right back because you have so much overhead supply still too people are like man the stock just can't turn it around you know you think in the last couple of weeks couple of months it's been going up and turn around it gives it all back in one earnings report so as much as amd is loved this one is not so um yes there's lots of support down here 89 to 90 but again just sentiment towards the stock is a lot uh, more negative than it is towards a stock like AMD, which probably makes me hands off.
3: And uh, wow, 87.69, as I mentioned, it's your pre-market low. That right. coincides
4: nicely. You hey, Look like at that. December low.
3: 87, yep,
4: exactly. 87.56. Yep. Oh, these go. lows, this low analysis, this analysis due to the lows when you look at the moves, it works, works.
3: Who came up with this pre-market stuff?
4: Man? <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Mr. Okay. Al Conan, on this one. <laughs> All right. I want to move away from earnings. i got to talk Beyond Meat. This is just such a good headline and such an interesting reaction to the news. So give us the headline, Spencer, and, and let's uh, talk Beyond Meat. We'll come back to earnings in a minute.
2: Yeah, I, I never got the chance to try any Beyond Meat products. I did. Tim Hortons, and it sounds like I will not get that chance now because their sandwiches are being removed from Tim Hortons locations in Ontario and British Columbia. Uh, I guess they just weren't selling well.
4: Well, yeah, there's no other reason to remove something um, than, you know, obviously, too, <laughs> that it's not selling well. If it was selling well, they wouldn't be taking it off the menu. I've tried... I had the sausage a couple times. It was okay. It wasn't great, but if, when you think about it, it wasn't meat. I mean, it's the same thing when I tried Beyond Meat Burgers for the first time. I was like, it's kind of like a crappy hamburger. When I had the Tim Hortons, it's kind of like a crappy sausage. But you know what? It tasted kind of like a sausage, so that's saying something in itself. I didn't think it was that bad. Anyways, the market obviously did i mean not the stock market but the, the market that people are buying this thing because they pulled it off the shelves so what you would think is this is going to really hit the stock i mean tim hortons is actually huge in canada if you're in the states you don't know how big tim hortons are on every corner in ontario i think there's 22,000 stores or something or maybe even more than that um just in my city of windsor i think there's almost 100 stores so they are literally like sometimes two on in the same corner they're everywhere so it's a big loss for beyond meat here big big loss just goes to show you the short squeeze, though. Like, it's still a little bit on here. I mean, we get the downgrade from J.P. Morgan yesterday, brings the stock in a little bit. A little bit. We get some really bad news after hours, and people slamming it down to one fourteen last night on that report. They are having sellers remorse here this morning because the stock is now trading back into the green. Is there another headline here, or is this yeah, just squeeze?
3: Something else. Nothing. I, I bet it's on. just the squeeze. This is I bad news. It's not
4: good news, but it doesn't matter when you're in squeeze mode. And everybody who shorted last night is punished once again. Those people are scrambling around saying, how can the stock be up on this? Be up on this because it's maybe not done squeezing yet. You know, nothing has ever made sense with Beyond Meat. The valuation, you know, we've had, uh, we had Yusko, Mark Yusko on the show, who was an original investor on this. And he said he was selling hand over fist. He thought eventually it's going much, much lower. I do think it's going much, much lower eventually too. But not when the squeeze is on. And the action today is telling me maybe the squeeze is not off yet. But it's hard to just come in here and buy it when you know you're kind of sitting on this hot potato. If you get stuck with it, you're going to get burned because eventually, you know, th- everything comes to roost. I don't know when that is, but, you know, the valuation makes zero sense. I'm telling you, I don't want to be short it.
3: All right. Let's, uh, let's look at the numbers. We are up 238. We are- Oh, there is
4: news. KFC. So there is yeah. other news. Thanks, guys. I did not realize that headline, so it's not all squeeze Whoa. KFC is expanding that that's what the I, chat is saying
2: i didn't even see it I, I look- did
4: not either, so if that's true, we're just getting it from the chat that Kentucky Fried Chicken Here. is expanding their relationship with but you know put it in perspective um, I don't see a press release about it it's interesting I, I, that's what si- sixty six stores are apparently going to offer is what go for the uh, go for the w is saying in our chat. I'm not sure this is all not right. verified it's coming from our chat um, so good job you know if that information is correct, we appreciate that. But that's why they're saying it's trading up today is that there's an expanded relationship with Kentucky Fried Chicken. That would make sense.
3: Yeah, what a tug of war. That's and-
4: why I asked the question because I'm like, you automatically assume there must be some good news too. So.
3: All right, uh, 124.50. Uh, we just hit that. We backed off a buck and a half on that. So hmm, we'll use that as a, uh, a target. Yeah, interesting day from yesterday, the downgrade. They still got a green on the session a little bit. Uh, but let's call a couple targets here. 127.89. That was yesterday's high. Then 129.83. So I don't know. I guess all the way up to 130 for now. I call it resistance. We're six and a half bucks away. On a pullback, if you're buying this thing early, uh, maybe look for the close of 120.12. Uh, yesterday's low, 17.29. So important for it to hold the close here. Don't see anything on the daily charts. Until one twenty-seven
2: eighty-nine. All right, uh, we're about to get some data, but let's move on to actually. Do GE, it? oh. do, do G. G. Oh, GE. okay. There, There's yes. so
4: many big ones. Geez, ripping here, ripping shorts on this one too.
2: Yep. The uh, the Q4 EPS for GE twenty-one cents per share versus an eighteen cent estimate. Sales also good, twenty-six point two versus twenty-five point five billion dollars uh they gave some guidance for the year that was a little bit light eps guidance that is but it was a good earnings report good, good quarter
4: Whew. 9.4 million shares uh already traded here this morning so big numbers here obviously gonna trade a lot more you know because this could trade 20 million reasonably thinking before nine thirty. so it's gonna be able to take out any size in the book um you know 13 might become a, a level there you start thinking about the next big hole number maybe twelve fifty. Uh, but you know this is breakout here right now I don't know if this is one they are going to fade but anyways that you know there's been a lot of people who have been bearish the stock including myself um, and it's obviously still going higher huh.
3: former high of the move 1224 we're trading 30 cents above that with a pre-market high at 1270 so you want what you want you want to see this saying boom Open up wherever you know it closes the session, you want to see it take out 1270, chew its way 1280, 1290, see what happens at 13 bucks. Uh, but the fact that it's 50 cents above that, or now it's only 30 cents above its prior high in the move here, you might think you might find a few sellers in this one. Uh, yesterday's high doesn't look like you're going to see that 1182. So if you do get a pullback, it starts going a little reverse a little bit. Uh, old resistance, new support that comes in at 12.
4: It's a classic breakout. Breakouts have been working in 2020, so I think there's some room here. I'm not chasing it, but you pull back a bit. It may be interesting. I don't know if it's going to pull back, though. It's up 7%, and it looks like it's just, you know, walking it up here. I mean, this is pretty straight up. Is it not, Joel, After Hours, or pre-market? Oh, yeah,
3: straight up. Uh, Straight up.
4: They're just kind of walking it up here.
3: I see a little dip back down to 12.21 when it hit 12.70, but I... You don't know if that was like something. Maybe they're
4: idea. turning it around. Yeah, yeah. I hope they're turning it around.
3: Maybe we'll uh, we'll track down um who's our buddy, Mr. Inch, and see what he has to say.
4: Yeah, we should get what Inch thinks. Yeah. When it, I already said when Inch gets bullish, that's when I'll turn around and buy the stock. I'm waiting for Inch. Although he might be, if he's getting bullish now, maybe he's late to the party. <laughs> we'll see. He's been sticking on his bear train for a while, though.
3: And that J.P. Morgan guy is pretty influential, too, in this.
4: Yep. Yeah, to,
2: uh Tusa? Yeah, yeah
5: good, good, good.
2: Stephen Tusa, uh, let's. Uh, I do want to take a quick pause on the earnings before our guest, and I want to just talk about L Brands quickly here. It is one yep. of the top gainers, Woo-hoo! one of the top non. Oh, I sold it. Uh, it stinks. Uh, that stinks. Non penny stock gainers suck. here this morning. Their uh, CEO Leslie Wexner is reportedly, according to Dow Jones, going to step aside and discuss a sale of the Victoria's Secrets brand. We know they've. Uh, Wall Street has been clamoring for that to happen for a few years now, and it looks like it, it could happen now.
3: Isn't that the most profitable part of the company? No.
2: That's and, the, oh, the, the bad part? That's the bad part. Is it? Victoria's Secret? Well, that's the part that's not growing. Okay. Yeah.
4: So they're trying to sell... <laughs> they, they want to sell somebody their I garbage. Mean, it, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Good it, luck with it's, that.
2: It's the largest part, but it's the part that's been struggling the most.
4: Good luck with that. So... I was long this stock for a while because when they were started to squeeze everything and buying laggards, I thought this could go. And I held it. I held it. I had it for about a week and a half, just on a swing trade. And I was like, I'm going to, you know, stop out. And I would have never got stopped out. I was going to stop at the low at 1973. And if I would have kept holding it, I would have still had it right now. So I should have just held to the levels like Joel says, trade the levels. I should have held to that. And I would still be long this right now. But I got spooked. Why? Because it had two upgrades and it wasn't responding that well to them. So I was like, I'm just spooked because it's not responding well enough to the upgrade. So it gets a good headline here. It responds to this up 12%. With that being said, do I think this is a big turnaround? Do I think they're gonna even be able to sell this? I don't think they're gonna be able to sell this. So, but I again, you know, the stock is really depressed. So there's room to twenty five here. You know, twenty-three, I can see room to twenty five. I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, gets there in the next you know few days, even twenty five there's room to, but so I'm not chasing it. I just, I missed it now. You know, the, the, the buy was when I bought it originally, but I, sh- I got shaken out.
3: Oh, I, I definitely didn't Joel's miss it. Joel's got it. I didn't miss this one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I did not miss I, this one. I, I don't were, know, we I both don't bought know. the same time early. I got out though when it started going through 30.
3: This is, uh, this is a Lisa pick. So, uh, you know, full disclosure. Uh, I do own it. I, I'm just holding on here. I mean, if I'm a, I don't really trade it from a short-term perspective. 23.80, your pre-market high. You back 70 cents off that. So long of it takes to go up to 23.80, take that, go 24 bid. Then uh, I would look for a fade in this one. Uh, looking at the uh, the dip off that high, 22.40. So there you go. 20, there's your early trading range, 22.40 to 23.80. That's where uh, that's what I'm looking at, and you're almost smack dab in the middle. And also now it looks like Someone's starting to get a little opinion here at 23 and a quarter. Your last three brackets has uh, stopped there. So 15 cents away from minor resistance. We'll see what happens at pre-market high. I don't know. I'll have to talk to Lisa about this one. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a, uh, it was a small percent of our portfolios. And now, now it's even smaller. And smaller, <laughs> so it's getting back. Yeah,
2: all right. Uh, Mike Olson is the managing director and senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. He joins us now to break down uh, the Apple earnings report from yesterday. Mike, good morning.
5: Morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well.
2: Uh, Mike, what's not to like from this report? Is there anything bad, as they said? Anything not great?
5: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was good, um, largely across the board, uh, uh, strong December quarter, material upside from iPhone, good margins. Um, there was some concern, um, you know, cited around the coronavirus, but even with that, they set March quarter revenue guidance 4% above consensus, so that, that was all good. I would say, you know, if there were things to pick at, it would be um, services and iPad, ipad was below expectations but did have a much more difficult year-over-year comp so i don't think investors will get too hung up on that um, services um, you know slightly decelerated Street estimates for that segment by about three percent law of large numbers is probably weighing on services a bit here as it's now a 50 billion dollar a year revenue business uh, so it did decelerate by 100 basis points. On the plus side, services gross margin was strong. It, it was up 150 basis points year over year. Uh, so it is facing a lot of large numbers. But despite that, we do think services should grow in the mid to high teens for at least the next couple of years.
2: Talk about wearables here. If you had told me a few years ago that wearables would be larger than uh, a larger segment than MAC, I would have said, no way. But here we are.
5: Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Wearables grew, uh, I think it was 37% year-over-year year in the quarter, so a 10 billion dollar quarter, um, huge number. And I think the you know the real surprise has been just the success of AirPods, and obviously the watch has done extremely well. But I think AirPods has, have been the the real surprise here, and and have driven a significant uptick in that that segment, way above and beyond what could have come just from the watch itself. So we do expect um wearables to continue to grow um, you know, for this year in kind of the the mid to high twenties and then to continue to grow in the twenties in fiscal twenty one. So we, we're expecting another couple of years of, of big growth there and there's really no sign of that slowing down in any significant way.
2: And you're raising your price target this morning, I believe, to three hundred and forty three dollars, correct?
5: Yep, that's correct. We're going up to a three hundred and forty three dollar target. Um you know, we'll have to see what happens related to um, EPS going forward because we base our price target off of EPS. And just looking at the amount of buybacks the company has been doing, uh, and they've talked about wanting to get to a net cash neutral position. Uh, currently they have $99 billion of net cash, so, so they have to spend away $100 billion. Um, and what that means in our model is with them generating about $80 billion of free cash flow per year, they would have to um, do significantly more share repurchases than what we have built into our model to get to net cash neutral over the next, you know, five or six or seven years. So that could result in our EPS being overly conservative, which would then obviously, you know, drive our, our target higher, uh, assuming we we keep the same multiple.
3: Folks, we're on the line with Mike Olson. He's the Managing Director and Senior Research Analyst at Piper Sandler, joining us here on Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep Show. Uh, Mike, I got to ask you, okay? So Apple traded at a ridiculously low PE for years and years and years, right? So now they're buying back all this stock. And really, I mean, you are seeing increases in revenues, but not really that much corresponding in earnings per share. So there's a lot of investors out here saying, this isn't right. This is trading at two historical PE is much lower here and it's keeping them out of the stock. Uh, could you make comments on that?
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, the multiple is definitely higher um, than, it, than if you look at an average multi-year multiple um, over really any number of historical years. Um, but we are seeing EPS growth that is um, consistent and should be on average we're modeling for EPS growth of about 14% over the next three years so for a company of this size um, again some of it's related to buyback but um, we, we also are on the revenue side modeling for average revenue growth over the next three years that's um, somewhere in the high single digits so for a company of this size to, to have those kinds of metrics underlying it is is pretty incredible and I think that in part is what is driving the multiple hire. The other part is just growth of services. The services, even though it decelerated, it's still growing more than twice as fast as the rest of the business and has a multiple or a margin that's dramatically higher than the core business. Um, so that's a, a good mixed shift. And then you just have a catalyst coming up with the 5G iPhone release later this year, or iPhones, I should say, multiple versions. Um, and, you know, you tend to get outsized multiples when you're uh, entering a product cycle like that.
3: And what about it just going the other way, like going to like a, you know, a 50 PE? I mean, we've seen, you know, some of these IPO stocks and stocks with no revenues and losing money and just going at just outrageous valuations here. I mean, what do, you, what do you think the likelihood of that is happening?
5: Uh, I mean I'd be surprised if there's dramatic additional multiple expansion Um, what what could result in um, you know material additional multiple expansion would be anticipation around new products or devices that result in um, you know the stock moving higher ahead of when people build that into their actual models so if there's for example later this year if if there's reason to believe that the 5G iPhone is gonna have a more dramatic impact on the numbers than what's built into um, estimates, then you could see the multiple kind of creep higher uh, based on that.
2: Uh, Mike, we, we talked about uh, Apple's guidance and that was, that was sort of colored by uh, Tim Cook's commentary about uh, they, they just don't know uh, really uh, how the business will be impacted by the coronavirus in in China. Uh, What can you say uh, about the impact of the coronavirus on Apple's business right now?
5: They said it's um, pretty limited at this point, and uh, they had closed one retail store, and then there have been some third-party resellers that have closed um, in that region as well. So it sounds like it's fairly limited, but they're just trying to be cautious with the guidance. Um, You know, at at some point, uh, there could also be an impact not only on demand but on production, um, again, from just paraphrasing what they said on the conference call, um, it doesn't sound like there's a significant amount of production in, um, kind of the region uh, where the virus is most, um, impactful right now. So I think it's mostly, uh, the company trying to be cautious, um, you know, with the potential for, uh, the virus to, to worsen over the coming months or quarters. But it sounds like at this point, the impact is fairly minimal.
2: And what are your expectations for for the iPhone rollout uh, this year?
5: Yeah, so um, you know there there are a couple catalysts on the horizon for iPhone. You've got rumors of a lower cost iPhone potentially launching in the next couple of months, and then um, obviously the 5G iPhones later this year. We don't really expect 5G iPhones are going to have a dramatic effect on iPhone revenue in any one quarter um, or maybe even any one year, but instead. Will help to create a multi-year upgrade cycle um, as people shift to 5G. Um, if you if you do look back and, and look at if it were to have an impact in in one year, um, uh, the last major iPhone upgrade cycle was the iPhone 6 Plus, and that drove 52% year-over-year iPhone growth in fiscal 15, which was the first full year after the iPhone 6 Plus was released. For comparison, and to answer your question, we're only modeling 5% iPhone growth in fiscal 21, so that would be the first full year of 5G iPhone availability. So there is a precedent for major releases to have um, better performance than, than what we're modeling for, but we do think this will be a multi-year uh, upgrade cycle and not something that happens all in one quarter or one year.
3: <laughs> They're coming out with a smaller phone, right? Is that because, uh, I mean, to me, like I, I just wouldn't buy that 10. I mean, I like to keep my phone in my pocket, my shirt pocket. So I'm holding out. I, everyone's going to laugh at the one that I have. But uh, I think I still have like a five 5S or something. Still make those. But, hey, they come out with a smaller phone. I'm all in. I'm buying one. Uh, I just want to ask you your opinion on, you know, we have a lot going on in the streaming wars, right? And Apple and Apple TV and Comcast and Disney Plus and everything where where does Apple fit into that ecosystem? And you know, Apple TV has been something's been talked about by years by your former colleague Gene Munster. Uh, never really been fully monetized. Where does where does Apple fit in into the streaming wars?
5: Yeah, right. Right now, it feels more like what Amazon has done with Prime Video, where it's more of just um, you know something that helps to engage the. Uh, customer base and kind of keep them um, in the ecosystem and excited about using um, the products and services within the ecosystem. So in other words, it's almost like just a a freebie for um, users of Apple devices and uh, again kind of keeps them um, zoned in on on using Apple devices and, and the services that go along with that. We'll see over time if they really push hard to you know try to drive this as something that could be a standalone significant revenue generator but considering right now they're giving it away for free for anyone who buys an Apple device which is um, you know going to be a, a large portion of, of their customer base um, then or existing customer base I should say then uh, at this point it's really more just kind of a, a cost than it is um, revenue being revenue additive it does create a little bit of competition for the other players in the space where now there's more bidders for content um, but at this point given apple's um, array of content is fairly limited uh, they're not you know overly competitive with netflix or um, others in the space
2: uh and one more for you mike just do you have any comments on any of your other uh, coverage uh, as it relates to earnings whether it be netflix or ebay or anything, anything like that
5: um I would just say nothing really on eBay. Uh, We continue to be concerned that, you know, they are going to be challenged to revitalize kind of the core marketplace. Um, So there's some kind of mechanical things they can do with the business, like selling StubHub and things like that, but um, I I think it's going to be difficult to revitalize the, the core business. Um, And then on Netflix, uh, you know, we just continue to believe that they're going to be a beneficiary of content dollars shifting from offline to online. And uh, while there are going to be multiple competing services and and already are multiple competing services, uh, we think the rising tide of that content spend will will allow multiple winners. And uh, we think Netflix continues to be the the best position there given the uh, content that they've made available and uh, the pricing that they have in place.
2: All right we've been on the line with Mike Olson he's a uh, senior uh, managing director, a senior research analyst at Piper Sandler. Mike, thanks for the time today
5: Thank you take care Thanks,
2: Mike. all right uh eight forty seven now let's uh I guess we'll bring it back to the earnings so I need give eBay 's numbers uh, i'll give them real quickly here the The earnings report was out yesterday after the close for eBay and uh it was it was it was i, I It was okay, I guess. Uh, The EPS beat and the sales beat and they raised their dividend, but the sales guidance for the quarter and for the year was light. And I I think that's what, that's what Mike was uh, referring to there in terms of revitalizing their business. So it was a good quarter, dividend raised by 2 cents a share from 14 cents to 16 cents, but light on that uh, quarterly and fiscal year sales guidance for eBay
4: uh, the stock is just out of favor, and it yeah. continues to be out of favor. You do have major support that you're going to test here right now. If you just yeah. look, you know, to the recent lows, there's so many down here, in the mid 34. So, does it bounce out of here? It's important that it does. If it starts breaching through 34, then you know you have this huge. Uh, I'm just looking, you know, at this uh, all the support. I mean, from the last year, you have like seven, eight lows in this 34 and a half area. We start getting through there. Then it starts to open up. And then you're starting to look like, you know, you can have this whole head and shoulders. If you go out further, you can see it, Spencer. If you go to the monthlies, you got this whole left shoulder in the first half of 2019. Then you have the top when, you know, with the StubHub was, you know, going to be the thing that turns this company around in the summertime. And then the right shoulder is formed here in the last few months. So below 34, you start to see a slippery slope. And it's a slippery, slippery slope. Like we went up very quickly in 2019 from, 26 to 34 not saying go back down to 26 but i could see how it could lose a couple dollars in a hurry if it breaches 34 so absolutely needs to hold that whole 34 and a half area
3: and if if you want to look at this um on the monthlies uh you got a head and shoulders top and then you got another head and shoulders top uh you had a head and shoulders top doesn't look pretty no no it doesn't unless uh, you have dandruff yes and then uh (laughs) and then you just got multiple lows on the monthly charge monthly charts do hold more significance last three months lows 34 and a half call that that's that's a must hold level here for ebay uh you're down a buck 62 you need to get up to thirty-five forty-nine to get to the bottom of yesterday's range and uh it's gonna take a big lift, maybe something during the conference call. I don't know, because that was uh, they reported um, after the close. So we'll see what happens at 34 and a half in eBay.
2: Let's go to Starbucks here. In addition to their report uh, yesterday after the close, they also announced their closing. I believe it's half of their uh, stores in uh, in China. Uh, because of the coronavirus, I'll, I'll give you the numbers that they mm-hmm. gave us yesterday. Q1 adjusted EPS, 79 cents versus 75 cent estimate. Sales of 7.09 billion versus 7.1 billion. So EPSB, and essentially in line on that sales figure, they reaffirmed their guidance for the year, comms for last quarter, up 5% globally, up 6% in the U.S., and up 3% in China. I think this is the... For- uh,
4: opposite of the boeing trade where you know you have this underlying you know you knew it was going to be a bad quarter you know starbucks is going to be okay this quarter it's next quarter we're worrying about and the key line for me if i'm looking at the benzinga pro is when they're talking about the guy and starbucks reaffirms their fiscal year 20 guidance but says the guidance excludes any impact from the coronavirus Yep. they got half their stores closed in china right now it's a huge revenue like how much of their revenue comes from china it's big so I think you know next quarter is probably going not going to be good. <laughs> like I mean, it, as long as these stores stay shut and it doesn't look like they're opening anytime soon, I mean maybe they get this thing contained in a week or two. But you know this is impacting their numbers. It's right what we were talking about. So I think it's not surprising that on the spike. People use that opportunity to sell. Yeah. I and mean, it's got over 91, which is craziness. Oh. And, you, and especially when they're saying about the guidance and it doesn't include the coronavirus. You know, the coronavirus is going to hit the numbers next quarter. And it's all about, you know, it's, uh, the guidance is always more important than the current quarter's numbers. So I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that they gave it all back. I mean, we don't know what that impact's going to be. So I don't know if they slammed this thing down. But I think, you know, the rallies, if it arrives, $91, $92, I think that's, and it already did. I mean, I'm not surprised it got sold.
3: A couple comments here. You had a gap down day uh, from the uh, virus on Monday. Uh, That gap, 89.45 to 91.34, you get to 91.50. All right. So everyone's like, I'm getting my money back. We went to 91.50. And then we're back down. What I think is very interesting here, folks, is that the way the market has recovered, but this stock hasn't. Extremely low relative strength over the last two days during this, this is market. a
4: coronavirus like yeah. this, is, this. gets hit. It's like your win. It's it's a, it's a smaller version. Like wins, you know, direct hit. But this is definitely impacted by the coronavirus. So you know, watch your headlines. Coronavirus gets contained. This will start rallying. Coronavirus doesn't get contained. The death rates start going up. Or you know, the progression analysis we were showing early in the show continues on that. This stock will continue to get hit. This is direct um, you know, direct play on coronavirus.
3: Yep. And I uh, take a look at this one. Uh you do have a pair of lows at, uh, let's call it 8760. You're trading a buck below that. So, you know, if you're a little bit worried about this one on the downside, you're still two, you know, uh, a buck away, uh, from a double bottom 8760, let's call it. Uh, I think if you get through that, I do see some other lows here at, uh, like 87, 8731, but, you know, just with the news out, the way this is, did not come back yesterday to 91, I think you lose that double bottom 87.60. I think you'll chew right to uh, 87 even. But uh, we'll see what happens here in Starbucks.
2: Let's go to uh, back to some Dow components here. at and I want to get to that report here. Okay. They uh, n- Not a big mover, but a big report, uh, big company. Uh, Q4 adjusted EPS, 89 cents. So it's a two cent beat. Sales 46.8 versus $46.95 billion. So a slight earnings miss, I'm sorry, slight earnings beat and a slight uh, sales miss uh, for the Q4 quarter. They also reaffirmed their guidance for the year.
4: It, there's this underneath demand on this thing 37 and a half to 38. There's buyers, people are comfortable with the dividend, they're in it for the dividend 5.43 percent of these levels. Um, I know it got down a little bit lower there in the pre market 37.60. I think it had that was a gift. I don't think it's getting back down there. I think you got buyers in the 38 low 38s and upper 37s. I think there's buyers, so 30, I don't think that's
3: yeah, yeah 37.55. That went through a potential. Uh, you had a double bottom at thirty seven eighty. So you're probably happening if you picked up there. I mean, in this, uh, you know, in this environment, uh, you know, if people are stuck in their houses and not going anywhere, they're probably going to be um, on their phones more and using more data. So I think this is a you know a, a stock that could benefit from
4: well interesting you say that and i was thinking about netflix in that way too i mean you know not that everything gets hit if obviously the coronavirus continues to expand but yeah you think about people nervous i mean they're probably in china you know looking at their netflix right now a lot more than normal so or if you didn't have netflix maybe if you're not leaving your own maybe you're looking at subscribing to it so and it may not necessarily be a bad thing for a company like netflix or you know companies uh that are i I, awesome. I think i think that's a, that's that's a stretch that, that's a little bit well a stretch. that's a stretch that's going to really impact their numbers <laughs> it's a little so, bit yeah.
2: of a stretch there uh let's go to mastercard here mastercard their earnings beat and their sales were in line beast stock up three bucks i still
4: have it in the long-term portfolio i'm in this for life i think um 323 it's near all-time highs you do have some resistance up here at 327 so i'm not adding to it up here
3: uh, let's see, you did get a little move up to 326 or three, yeah 325.90 pre-market high just ahead. Keep an eye on that old time high here. That's 327.09. Uh, if you want a more intermediate number here, all-time uh, closing high is 324.98. So if you're looking for that mark today, you could see it's still two bucks away. A little bit on the fade, uh, if you're worried about this one, I don't think you really have to worry until you breach uh, this three. Let's call it three twelve area. See a parallel: 312. So uh, nice, nice move up, but off the pre-market high.
4: Oh, maybe China isn't the chat's saying that Netflix is not yet in China yet. So oh uh, yeah, I you it. know what? I I think we they'd knew been that. talking about it forever. I, think, I thought that they had actually. I think, we, actual, knew I, I think, oh I think we knew when that. When are they going to get there? I we mean, what's that. taking them so long? Why? It, it was China and India government.
2: Government's, Government's not letting them in. The last two, China and India were the last two hurdles, I think. And I, I, don't. I mean, they, may have got, they, they may have got. They may have gotten into India, yeah. but they're still working on China. It's going to be huge for them once they get in China. Uh, any, other, any other earnings reports? Make the these okay. Wow, last, yeah, has to buy I This Dude. feels like Starbucks forgot about them entirely uh mcdonald's reporting this morning uh, q4 just EPS so dps a buck 97 beat by a penny sales 5.34 billion versus a 5.3 billion dollar estimate so they beat that number as well com for the quarter up 5.9 percent
4: they've got some stores in china too though maybe not as much impact as starbucks but are they there? Did they say anything about their stores? Are they closed? Not that I've stores? seen.
2: Uh, I, you know what? I need to double check. I, yeah, I, I was I, just trying I, to quickly leave through checked, the pro here. I last checked a couple of days ago from, uh, I don't know if they've closed stores or not there yet.
4: I don't think it's as significant. Like, I think China is almost a third of all Starbucks. Like, so it's big. I don't think McDonald's is like a third of, you it's not closed probably. So it's probably just a smaller portion. So not as
2: impacted. But again, you know, gets the spike and they sell the spikes. So. I, I, I think I think McDonald's may be bigger to China than China is to McDonald's, if that makes sense.
3: Uh, spike up oh, two fourteen eighteen. If you were paying attention to your daily highs, the high of the move two fourteen eighteen that was your high three days ago. And then where'd you get to in the pre market two fourteen sixty? So you got through a little bad. So I'll I'll call two fourteen the resistance. Uh coming back on the downside, good report. You've been a little bit red, but uh if you do go red on the session here, I'd look for more downside, maybe the yes not too close. Yesterday's low is oh nine eighty six, but they really decide to whoop up on this thing, uh your low on Monday, two oh seven thirty. Uh, But needs to stay green. Two ten thirty nine. Yesterday's close.
4: They're telling me my Starbucks numbers were wrong. I said a third. I just threw that out. I didn't know the numbers. It's sixteen percent. So that's why we have the chat. They can correct me there when I'm just grabbing something from my head. I thought the numbers were higher. I'm wrong. So sixteen percent. Still significant for
2: Starbucks, though. Okay. As far as ratings, they're mostly inconsequential. That their reactions to earnings. There there is one though. There is. What do you got? Which one you like? Uh, Facebook this morning is getting an upgrade at Raymond James to strong buy, and they're raising their price target to 270. They're making a call ahead oh, of their report. Nice, they got some session. guts. They got some guts. Yep, hmm.
4: that's interesting. What did I? Uh, um,
2: I'm still on uh, Facebook in the
4: long-term account. Not planning on selling it. Uh, that's a that's a really gutsy call
3: uh I'll just go with Nick yesterday, and uh Nick Nick was he thinks they're gonna blow it away and uh so i'm not gonna not gonna fade Nick yet yeah, as he's made some good calls in the past uh two twenty one seventy uh that is your pre market high and uh Look at all those
4: highs, Joel. (laughs) I know, I know.
3: What's going on at just under 223,
4: 222, 263, 222? This is getting rejected four or five times in the 222s. I mean, that's where it's going to probably challenge again here today. It'll take the earnings report to take that out, in my opinion. But if it's a good report, it could.
3: Yeah, I was just going to point that out, uh, 275, 22.75, your all-time high. The previous highs were 37, 29, 63. So probably what you have, you probably have a large institution targeting, you know, like try and get me out at like 222.50. You know, so they sell a little bit in the 30s and the 20s. And then when it gets over a half, they sell a little bit more. So split all those numbers today. See if that seller is still there. Large seller or group of sellers at 222.50 here in Facebook. Uh,
2: Can we just real quick talk Tesla? They're also due due to report today. So the the biggest runnings after the close today Microsoft, Facebook, uh, PayPal, Tesla, there are a lot. Those are just like the four that I think are the biggest. we're also getting Mondelez, uh, Las Vegas Sands, but can we just talk Tesla here? Yeah. Let's,
4: let's look at the juice. Uh, let's just price that straddle really fast. Bring it up from the closing prices because obviously options aren't open yet here yet. Let's just look, you know, to this week's expiration, and we will go out to 565 is close enough. 30, 60, out oh, 60 points. <laughs> How do you make bunny buying options? It's 60 dollars the straddle, six zero, not six, six zero. 60 bucks. Holy mackerel. That's a lot of money to pay.
3: If you can't make money, back, I guess you're
4: back. usually just one direction or the other. So if you want, you can buy the, you know, the 565 puts for 30 bucks, yeah. or you can buy the 565 calls for 32 bucks.
5: Wowzers.
4: 60-60. Yes. It's $61 if you go in between the bid and the ask. Say 60. It's safe to say it's 60 points. Six zero. 0 Holy.
3: Uh, he told you. Makes another. me want to sell
4: straddles. Yeah, uh, I'm reserving
3: comment. Uh, I'm going to be getting – remember on Friday, Rad said I was, he was going to give me his Tesla for a week. Yeah. So I'm going to get Are it. you doing I'm that? Gonna, I'm going to get it this weekend. For, really? Yep. Oh my I'm going to come and pick you up, Spencer, and oh. then we'll go over to Canada and we'll,
2: oh God. we'll
3: hit that 401 and we'll open that baby up. We'll see how fast it can go. So uh, I'm
4: just going <laughs> to get a speed – t- watch around Chatham because when you get through Chatham, they're really sticky on that speed limit.
3: Oh really? Okay, well maybe I'll, uh, <laughs> maybe
4: I'll stick look out sleep. for Joel. He's coming Joel, through.
2: Joel's going to test it if these things really do prevent car crashes. Hey, you know what? Do. You know what's really <laughs> good?
3: what? I think the best thing about owning a Tesla is if you get pulled over for speeding, you say, "I wasn't speeding." I wasn't, wasn't driving.
2: I was I was
4: driving. driving. I wasn't driving. Give not the not ticket old. to the car, and it's Jason <laughs> Rasnick's car, so give the just, ticket to Jason Rasnick.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Go this on. isn't my car. You got to give the ticket to the owner don't want his insurance. All right. Um, that will – I think that will do it for our show. I want to thank everyone in <laughs> our chats on YouTube and premarket.benzinger.com. Thanks to our guest, Mike Olson. Uh, for a free two-week trial and discount of Benzinger Pro, click on the link in the description of this video. That will get you a trial and connect you with one of our people who will get you a discount for listening to our show. Uh, as far as upcoming events, the Benzinger Cannabis Capital Conference, if you're in the Miami area, February 24th and 25th, Learn more at BenzingaEvents.com. You can always catch our show reminder on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can call us 734-494-0246 or leave us an email, benzinga.com. The last thing, please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Thursday.